State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Hey, everybody. It's Michelle Williams. Thank you so much for checking in. Listen, things are about to get so real on Checking In with Michelle Williams. Y'all, today is such a good day. My guest is an amazing young star. She's a singer, rapper, songwriter, and an actor. Please welcome to Checking In, Miss Coco Jones. Hello. Listen, you have an amazing uh, social media following. Thank you. you are a burst of energy, such a cool sense of humor. <laughs> um, you opened up in 2020 on YouTube about how you kind of felt overlooked mm -hmm. um, in Hollywood, or maybe you felt like your career maybe stalled due to industry's prejudices. Now, even though that was just maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling since then, since you opened up about how you've been feeling? Wow, that is a great question. Of course, I, lo I love to talk about it and be transparent because what I learned since then is that transparency is my key. Like that's my key to winning for me. It's not necessarily mm. a number or a dollar sign. It's a level of honesty that I feel like I wasn't I wasn't, I was too afraid to have before this video came out, um, this video that I did. Mm. And so for me, ever since the video, I feel more supported, especially by my fan base, but also I've had like artists and actors and executives reach out to me like, like Coco, like we've been there and also we see you like we know about you we're keeping tabs on you we're watching you like you know what i'm saying like you're not in a sense forgotten because for a while i felt like i was out here swinging at air like i'm not gonna hit anything you know yeah. and so ever since the video i felt a lot more of 
just support, which I didn't know that I was ever going to get. But because I was so honest and just relatable, you know, people felt like they had the opportunity to share their journeys as well. Mm. And um, even if you're not in the industry, you can take something away from just the truth that I told, which is that like, I was extremely disappointed by how things played out. And I'm just picking myself back up from all of that disappointment. Okay. What I'm loving is that sometimes we can say things, um, well, there's a quote called do it afraid. Mm -hmm. In your case, you, you say it afraid and to the point where your strength strengthens other people to speak up or to get something off of your chest. And then it's like your transparency breeds so much support from other people who might be feeling the same thing that you're feeling. So I commend you, um, someone that is so young to do what you were able to do. What age did you get started? Um, I would say about nine is when I dropped the basketball and picked up the microphone. Come on, come on. <laughs> so at age nine, yeah. Man, what was I doing at age nine? I think I was, of course, I was in school going to vacation Bible school. I was in church every day, <laughs> all day. And did you know that, hey, this is what I want to do as a young star and go on one of the top networks of all time for children and youth? Was that your goal and your focus to say, I'm going on hit for Disney? You know what? I would say in a way it was my goal without me knowing how to articulate that. Like I've had instances where I would watch movies like Cheetah Girls and I would stay up till 2 a.m. learning the choreography and learning the song so that in the morning I could perform it for my family. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or I was just never camera shy. I always was the center of attention. And then I found out about talent shows and I was like, OK, well, now I want to win that. So I think in a way I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know what that looked like. And when the opportunities came about, which they could have for any child to audition for Disney Channel, I was at a cattle call with 5,000 other kids, but I just made an impression because I wanted it that bad. Mm. And for those who are not familiar with this part of your life at nine years old, you grew up where and what city and state? Oh, yeah. I was in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. And for the most part, I um, was working with super old country men who just didn't know what I was trying to do as this young black hip hop girl. But um, it just didn't phase me. I just knew mm. I was going to get where I was going to go. We all know Nashville to be a music mecca. Yeah. But you knew then, as you were just saying, Nashville might not be the place where I'm actually going to make it. When you said you um, did a cattle call of 5,000 people, where is that located? I don't remember exactly where it was located. I mean, somewhere in the city, but I remember okay. it was advertised just like everywhere. So anyone could hear about it and make that drive. So it wasn't necessarily just Tennessee kids. It was kids from all over the place. Yeah. Just waiting in this big place. I, I feel like it was like a hotel or something. It looked like that. Waiting in this place for their two seconds to do their two lines that they had already heard 2,000 times before. OMG. Did anybody ever tell you this is why you stood out? I also think I took a mile when I got when I could get an inch. So I know I did more than what they allowed me to do. 
every time I went in that room, I did more than what they asked me to do. Um, because I was like, no, you're not, I'm not done performing yet. So I have a couple more things to say, or I have an additional song to sing, but either way I have to walk out of this knowing that, um, I did everything I could do because even at a young age, I knew it was kind of out of my hands, but I knew that Mm. somebody was going to sing in there. Somebody was going to dance harder. Who is that going to be? Is it going to be me or some other kid? And at nine years old, where where do you think you got that mindset to say, do more than what you know other people are going to go in there and do? Definitely my father. Um, he played professional football for 10 years. So before I was singing, I was a competitive, competitive uh... athlete. And um, there was just always this work ethic instilled in us that's like, somebody's going to be the hardest worker. Somebody's going to be the best and most prepared. Is it going to be you? Only you can decide that, you know? You're sounding like an athlete. Like you're, <laughs> you're sounding more like you 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 had the mindset of an athlete training for the Olympics or training for a draft of some sort. Because in order for your dad to play professional football for 10 years, the drive and the discipline that he had, yeah. someone had to instill it in him, develop him and nurture him. That's pretty unheard of, especially Mm -hmm. at that age. And so I think the other lesson is, I don't know how this can work in every setting, but to be prepared to do more than you've asked. So it seemed like you were prepared. You just didn't go and do those two lines and didn't have a monologue or routine or a song in the bag to sing. I mean, because the worst thing that can happen is you get an opportunity and not know what to do with it. And I'm not going to act like I'm perfect. I've had auditions where I could have came stronger, but I wasn't ready. And I feel Mm. like the thing that I struggle with is maintaining in the low points. Like as a kid, I feel like there was so much optimism mixed with a little delusion that (laughs) there was never a low for me. If I wasn't singing, I was at school and I was having a great time at school And if I wasn't there, I was on a stage like it was all super fun to me. But as I got older and I started to put more of my value in the singing and the industry, then when I wasn't doing that, I felt like I wasn't good enough and they weren't believing in me. So it was something wrong with me. And it was harder for me to keep that drive through those moments where I didn't feel like I was good enough, even though I knew I was working hard enough, but they weren't it wasn't getting acknowledged. So, you know what I'm saying? It gets hard. Absolutely. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody, this is Carrie Champion, and I'm here to announce that the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards on April 27th. 
last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with your Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event you want to be at. You don't want to miss it because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Coco, I was looking at, you know, when you graduate from school or high school and you get your senior year book and you get to write down your dreams and goals. And so in 1997, I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And listen, I was reading where how I said I wanted to be uh, a recording artist. Um, I wanted to sing background for a few artists. I wanted to be a producer and all this stuff. And so then it said, 10 years from now, I want to be a successful recording artist. So that was in 1997. Wow. So by the year 2007, both things happened. I I sang background. I sang background for Monica. Mm -hmm. And then I joined Destiny's Child maybe like six months after that, right? So the nerve and the audacity. (laughs) at that age to write that stuff down mm-hmm. and it happened. But I said, where along the line did that audacity leave mm. from nine years old until, so I, I know what happens. Um, like you said, you put value in certain things that you shouldn't put value in other than the only thing I should have ever kept value in was my belief mm-hmm. and the power of my words and what I write. Period. You know, there's a reason that there's so many motivational quotes and so many inspire yourself outlets and self-development, self-growth things to participate in because it's such a battle to do the opposite. It's so much Mm. easier and more gratifying to the flesh to give up because it's just like, I'm done. Like, it's too hard over here. And obviously it's hard because the payoff is going to be worth the hard. Anything great is going to be terrible getting there. Nobody gets the easy road. Where is that road? Sacrifices have to be made. You're going to miss out on things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, my audacity, I think I can pinpoint it to the day. (laughs) I think it was the day that I got dropped from my label. Because I had been doing all this a praying, all this believing. I pretty much put, if I could put all my faith on it, I feel like I did. And it just fell apart. And I didn't do anything except what I was told to do. To do. You know what I'm saying? And I gave all 
of myself, even when I knew I didn't like the records, I didn't like the direction, I didn't like the 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 plan created for me, I still was going to kill it, you know? And so for me, I think that was when I was like, you know what, this is just a little too painful for my heart. Mm. Like, I, it's, I just, I think it was just like, like, being in a relationship and then breaking up, like you had all these new plans for how your life was going to pan out. And so you look, you have to mourn for that life plan that you, you know, attached your heart to. That is a loss. That's correct. It you is. have to grieve that loss. And I definitely had to grieve it. And then it also made me question like just, I, cause I put all my faith on it. So I was like, so then what was it? Was it my faith that didn't work or what? You know what I'm saying? Like I had so many questions about mm -hmm way more than just music, like in my personal life. And then also colorism through through a little final touch on there where I was like, well, the light skin girl and da 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 You know what I'm saying? Like it was a, a combination. And I mean, as a dark skin black woman, that, that combination is going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, but I think it was just too much for me at that time. And so I was like, yeah, I'm just, I started to make my goals so small, Michelle, like they were just so achievable that I would never get heartbroken again. Mm. Thank you for being transparent and a hint of being vulnerable, of even saying what you were saying about a hint of colorism. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you said that a director had asked you, could you be a little more whiter? Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at us, we're black girls. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't have meant me to lighten up my complexion. Mm -hmm. Did you mean be a little, so colorism can be based on your complexion and mm -hmm. how you come across, how you talk. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've seen things where we're looking for someone a little more urban. Mm -hmm. What that mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, oh it's, if it's because I pronounce my words, you need somebody that don't quite, enunciate is what you're saying. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing uh, what happened after that casting director asked you to come back whiter? Uh, well, first of all, I gave it my best bet because I wanted the job. So I was like, okay, well, I'll get curly hair, which easy change. Um, <laughs> one of my Oh, I think it was the lady at the beauty supply store. She was like, girl, you need to get these color contacts. Cause I was cool with the people at the beauty supply store. Like I would go yeah. in there. So I put these colored contacts in and you know, what's crazy. I look back at that now and I can laugh at it, but I'm like, that is sick that I just was like, okay, like sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I also think that's a part of being an actor and quote unquote dressing for the role, which I've done thousands of times yeah. in plenty of different situations. And even my other races of friends that are actors, like yeah. I have um, a biracial friend who is half Mexican, half black. And so sometimes they're like a little more, you know, Chicana, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. And then she really straightens her hair and she does like whatever the stereotypical thing is that these Caucasian casting, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't take that too personally. Because I've seen that happen to other races mm -hmm. of girls that are my colleagues and stuff. But it was kind of crazy that I just was like, you adapt, you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will never let the industry hurt me the way it did. Because yeah. like I said, it was like a child growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you all kind of grow up and lose your innocence in a way, that fairy tale mindset. And so mm -hmm. for me, um, I just adjusted. 
did what yeah yeah i have a similar story as far as my name change my name is tanitra michelle is my middle name oh wow so i remember being in a marketing meeting and i was asked you know could you please go by michelle instead of tanitra because who do you think little girls would most want to be like michelle or tanitra so that stung for sure Mm -hmm. and i was like my mama going to be real upset. And she was, I named you Tanitra. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think I was a little bit like you, like, I'm not going to let this be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust these marketing experts mm-hmm. who do projections and who knows what's best. And then I just remember a handful of artists that I knew of who did not go by their first name. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorites on television right now is Sunny Hostin mm. of The View. Mm-hmm. Sunny is a derivative of what her actual oh. name is, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, or Chili from TLC. You know, mm-hmm. she's Rosanda. Mm-hmm. Kelly is Calendria Roland. What? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. But I think she, I think Kelly has always gone by Kelly. But yeah, there is a little tinge of that still going on even 20 years later. I mean, you know, with you sharing your story, what you shared in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share uh, that with you to let you know, you're not alone in certain things of black versus white or who do you think people would most want to be like. And I know that. And I appreciate you so much for sharing that because, wow, I had no idea. And I go by Coco. My name is fully Courtney. But um, I think it's more about this is the life I chose. Like as I've gotten older, I've started to look at it instead of being like, why, why? I look at it like I was chosen. Like I'm strong enough to be here. I'm determined enough to stay here. I'm talented enough to win here. That's why I'm here. And I would never take it personal. I would take all the constructive criticism because I haven't made it yet. Once I make it, then maybe y'all won't be able to tell me much, (laughs) but maybe y'all might be able to tell me more because now I want to keep the success rolling. Like I think of it as more like this is, if this was, if I was a dentist, somebody is going to have something to say about the way I'm a dentist. Somebody might not want to work with me because I'm a black dentist, but either way, I'm going to keep killing them teeth. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I do. <laughs> Listen, the confidence that you have, did you always have that or was that also nurtured and developed? I've always been a confident kid. Even when I was the only um, black kid in my grade, I was still like, what's up? Like everybody messed with me. I was always pretty confident. I think once I started to sing and I saw the way it made people react, then I was like, oh, I like to um, see that reaction. And even when I'm performing, like I will be up there like, hmm, it has been a full hour set and I've had two sips of water and I'm sweating and I don't even notice because I'm feeding so much off of these people that are feeding off of me to to me, it like ignites this thing in me that makes me be like, Mm. I gotta kill it. I I have to. Absolutely. I um, am just sitting here just beaming um, because I'm, I'm actually sitting here excited for you. We've definitely got a 20 year age difference. And so (laughs) I'm excited of what's going to happen. Thank you. You know, by the time you reach my age of almost 42, you, you know, so I'm truly, 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 truly thrilled for you. I actually have something to ask you if you'd be open to it. Yeah. Um, you are 
a vet in the game. And I think my biggest crossroads right now for me, like I have a new team behind me and I have a bunch of like executives and stuff really watching what I'm doing next. And so the question now is like, how do I sound as an artist now that I'm 23 and I'm not 15? Like, what am I saying? What am I talking about? How sexual am I talking? What am I wearing? What am I looking like? Who am I putting myself out there as? Because like, not that this is my last window of opportunity, but this is my biggest window of opportunity to make, like to reclaim my self as an artist. And so mm-hmm. I guess my question for you is like, when you were going through your journey, how did you figure out like your niche and yourself? And did you ever get tempted to be like her, or her, or her, or do what's winning, do what's selling? And you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, of course, I, I had my start as an R&B singer. We then transitioned into a, a pop superstar group. And so I wondered, I was like, man, I knew I wanted to do gospel music because that is my first love. But yeah. sonically, how is it supposed to sound? Yeah. Is it supposed to sound traditional gospel yeah. or can it have the more pop sounding inspirational sound? So I can say that I went through that as far as sonically, but I don't think I ever lost my identity as far as what I'm about. Uh-huh. Because I don't think it would have gone over so well if I wasn't authentic. Even when I was in the group, people was like, that's a church girl. Yes, I I completely understand what you're talking about. Did you feel conflicted being this church girl who knew she was going to sing gospel after all this was said and done mm-hmm. and being like sing my name and, and did not and did not. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But help me understand that because I mean I'm, I love the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh Lord, the conviction." You know what I'm saying? And then other now, times, like, I don't feel a thing. So five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Now, there are moments I, I definitely took advantage of God's grace at moments. Uh, <laughs> so please don't get it twisted that I'm some perfect, um, flawless being because I am not. The only thing that kind of saddened me was because I, I thought that I kept my faith so high in the group was when I wanted to go over to the gospel genre and I felt so much rejection. We don't want you here. Stay over oh, there. I see. Right? Because they were like, you're secular. The devil yeah. is music. Abs- right. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you didn't mind you didn't mind my name on your roster Ooh. to announce that I was going to be making an appearance, but you didn't want me. And mm. what all comes with me. Oh, and, wow. and the fact that I felt like I wanted to be a resource to the genre. I didn't want anything. And I'm going to say this. There are times I didn't take a check Ooh. from over there. First, because I didn't need it. But I was like, no, I really love God. I just, I'm just, I just want to sing this music. That's it. Okay. Secondly, because I was so saddened. I was like, I'm never doing gospel music again. Yeah. I'm just, so I made a pop, a dance pop album. Because mm. even my mom was like, you need to make some more upbeat music. Yeah. So I yeah. did that. Uh-huh. Then my album, six years after that, was a gospel album, but I was able to find producers that were in R&B, like Harmony Samuels, yes. who's done uh, Chris Brown, Ariana yes. Grande. And Harmony did my most recent single, Hollywood, that I put out oh, in October. Amazing. So- he was a minister of music at a church 
but still being at the at the studio so he understands the dynamic. Oh, I know Harmony. I know. I, I love Harmony. I love his brothers. I'll be over there. Okay, so you get it. You get, get it. it. You get it. it. So that's so And then y'all did when Jesus said, yes, we did. Yes, we did. And that one ran numbers up. Yes, we did. So from from then on, I've been totally free about my identity, wow. what I bring to the table, and who I am. And wow. and once you Coco stay authentic to who you are, the right people will gravitate to who you are. Yeah. And those the right moments as long as I want to say cuz sometimes you might come there are times maybe I did because I feel well I can bring my light to this yeah. project or this situation and then there's going to be some instances in which you will mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. so just as long as you can just walk in any door you know and be as authentic as possible yeah, yeah. you know it's kind of like making sure that you continue to speak up in the way that you have that seems to be authentic for you you seem confident mm-hmm. in any situation you're not going to let anybody talk to you crazy Right. Although we can't control what people say, but I think you have a handle on how you are going to choose to respond. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. perfect. And so I would say in instances like you saw with Gabrielle Union and how mm-hmm. she talked about her hair and just about um, speaking up for yourself on a production. And yes. I think um, you will be in a position where you're going to use wisdom mm. without jeopardizing your paycheck either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I did. So I could see the fear when you released uh, what you did on YouTube. Like, what did I just say? What did I just do? Mm-hmm. But like I said, you helped to usher in strength in others, mm-hmm. you know, to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, with everything that you've gone through, the foundation of this podcast mm-hmm. is about mental health, right? Right. Although we we check in about everything. We check in about people's careers and relationships. We check in about your upbringing like we just did right now, right? About growing up in Nashville, being nine years old. You go from being an athlete to picking up the microphone. <laughs> yeah. And everything that you've had to deal with in Hollywood, has there been a small effect as it relates to um, the health of you mentally? Um. Yes, definitely. Mm. Um. I feel like you have to be so mentally strong to stay consistent here. I think at my lowest points, I don't really know if it was me being depressed because I'm not sure. I feel like I wouldn't know if I was. I think I was just discouraged. And um, that led to me kind of having a negative out view on everything. Like, I would never say that, but I knew in my mind, like, I was like, well, just in case this doesn't work out, I have a plan B, C, and D. Like, I'll never let y'all play me again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just so overprotective of my own dreams that I was like, don't have any. Like, I want to just, I'll just go wherever. And I would put this label on it, like, whatever God wants for me. And I, it would make, I would make it look like I have all this faith, but I'd really be like, I'm scared. So like, whatever happens is just what happens. I don't want to ask for anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I don't want to be disappointed again. So whatever's going to be is going to be, I don't want to care. I don't want it to bother me at all. Um, And I think one of the best things that happened to me was one of my best friends that um, came into my life who is just so optimistic. And I used to look at her like, I would say in my mind, I was like, she don't even know disappointment. Like, just wait till that stuff don't happen. (laughs) She's going to be sick. And she would have low points and she'd be like, I'm still going to do it. It's still going to happen. That's so good. And I'd be like, God, how come she can believe? I don't even think she 
she's not Christian. I'm like, how come she has more faith in you for her life and for the outcome of her yeah. life than yeah. me? I was like, I know verses. I know principles. I know these truths. And I'm still scared. How is that right? And so I think for me, like, I just, I knew I didn't believe. And I just kept being honest with God. I was like, I'm still scared. I don't trust you. I'm sorry. I'm still, Absolutely. I don't trust you. I'm sorry. Like, I know you love me, but like, I don't feel it. And like, I don't know what to tell you right now. Until it got to this point where I was like, you know what? Look how far I've come. And why didn't this bad thing happen when that could happen? Mm -hmm. And why didn't this happen? And then with more time, I was like, oh, thank God that didn't happen. Thank God I didn't sign that. Oh, my gosh. And then I started to look back and be like, oh, baby, you was protected. Come on. Listen. If it would have gone that way, the way I would have lost my soul for a check. I didn't know. Listen. I was just. I was just out here about to get fed to the lions. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea. Yeah. There are things that, that I have had, I've cried tears over that mm -hmm. I wasn't selected for a certain role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or something. And literally what I wanted would only last like one season, then it'd be canceled. Yeah. Or scandal would surround a certain mm -hmm. opportunity. And I'm like, that's why I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got it. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody, this is Carrie Champion, and I'm here to announce that the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards on April 27th. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with your Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event you want to be at. You don't want to miss it because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. 
AT&T. But Coco, I wanted to backtrack to something that you were saying about how you weren't depressed, but you were you were probably discouraged, right? Mm-hmm. And all discouragement, sadness, frustration, and anger, I just want you to know, those are legitimate human responses mm-hmm. to maybe not getting a role or being told you're too much of this or that. Yeah. You could be angry about that, right? But at the same time, nothing is wrong with, you know, your friend, say she's being optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. about some things, but also keep it real with how you really feeling. Yeah. Like I yeah. can be optimistic. I can say, man, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I didn't get that role, but God, my value is not in that right. role or that audition. I know you got something better for me. Right. Right. You know, the old folks say rejection is protection or rejection is redirection. Definitely. And I completely agree. All those things were valid things to feel like I really put my heart and soul into everything I did. And so when people be like, thanks, not good enough, you just feel like, ouch, that really hurt. But I think how I am now, like, I'm not that super guarded, like, all right, y'all ain't never gonna hurt me again. I'm like, this is probably gonna hurt a little bit because I care, but I'm going to get to where I'm going to go because look how far I've come. Like, God didn't bring me all this way just to be like, okay, thanks. Like, good luck. Good luck on the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? I just know that like, I have a purpose here and I have people that are supporting me like crazy and I'm not going to just walk away from my opportunity Mm. to be a light. Like I'm going to make my voice heard and what I can't do, God is going to handle what I can do. I'm going to do. Absolutely. Because he's still giving you so much to steward well. And like you said, things that are out of the things that you can steward and foster, he Mm -hmm. will always step in and do the rest. And I'm just excited because this interview is flowing like a conversation, which I always like things to flow like conversations because you and I both know the interviews where you just ask question after question. So what's your plan? What are you going to do now? How was Disney? How was, you know, how was it to work with so-and-so? You know, so (laughs) I'm, I'm really into the actual being um, and the person of who I'm talking to and making sure that they know uh, that this is a safe place. So thank you so much for um, sharing so much. And I, I think I, I just hope the listeners, you're feeling the confidence. You're feeling the, okay, if you get knocked down, you get back up. I hope you're feeling where if something, if somebody says something, maybe a little mean to you or, or a little off-putting that you can just kind of brush it off because your value really is not placed in who is accepting of you and who has something nice to say to you. Mm-hmm. Coco, because I could sit up here and say something crazy to you. It might sting, but don't put too much stock into it. I'm not that kind of person anyway. But for a minute, you're going to be like, dang, that was me. Right. I mean, of course, we are human beings. Okay. How were you coping during 2020 and the pandemic? I think the pandemic was good for me because... Obviously, the con was I felt like I was wasting my time and money being out here in L.A. when the whole industry was shut down. I was like, now, y'all know I could have moved. Somebody could have told me and I would have went back to my parents' house. Are they still in Tennessee? Uh, They moved to Florida now. Oh, cool. Uh I was like, man, I could have been over here in Florida not worried about a thing. Okay. But in the positive light, I felt like I had so much time to be like, what am I doing here? Like, what am I chasing what am I achieving? So for me, it was a lot of self-growth. And then mm. I got to spend a lot of time with my family. 
And I got really big into therapy during the pandemic. So we love therapy. I tell all my friends, I'm like, look, if y'all go to the doctor, y'all need to go to therapy because it's the brain doctor for real. Come um, on. I'm so <laughs> glad to hear you say that because we just, well, me and Coco just want to encourage you. Nothing is wrong with helping somebody help you process pain, mm-hmm. um, uh, process transition or help you process a decision that you want to make. Yes, you know, definitely. therapy, because when people think of the word therapy, they just kind of tense up like it ain't always to process bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I just start talking and then I'd be like, oh, did not know that I had been holding some disappointment in my heart in that area. Thank you. Per. <laughs> it's more like, OK, good to know that needs to get fixed. OK, we'll work on that now. It's more like self-development. It's like if you want to be emotionally mature, if you want to be wealthy, if you want to be fit these things all take practices that you have to instill and like no i don't want to go to the gym but like i want the results that come from going to the gym listen come on squat squat okay okay it's giving weights dumbbells you know what i mean it's doing what needs to be done out here I love it. I love it. You have been amazing. And thank you so much for for mentioning that you go to therapy. Is that something that your followers are aware of? I would say I've probably talked about it in a jokey way, but I haven't sat here and be like, therapy has changed my life. But I will tell somebody in a second, therapy has changed my life. And (laughs) I feel no embarrassment towards that. Honestly, when I'm dating somebody, I'm like, do you go to therapy? Uh, Because let's talk about me not carrying your back (laughs) because my back is already heavy. I'm like, no more. Okay, I'm gonna need a back brace up in here. OMG, you are so right about that. And then for that person to know, like, it's nothing weak about it, that I'm going to need you to learn how you handle your emotions. Why do you respond the way you respond? Because I'm going to be looking at you like, oh, you got some pain you need to process. You went off on me one too many times. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the one time is one too many. One too many. Do not call me until you sat on the couch. I think also it's more intimidating for somebody to be so close minded to something like that nowadays. I'd be like, all right, that's concerning. Like, I feel like even if it's not your thing, still being like, okay, well, what does it entail for you? What has it done for you? Like, maybe you could learn something from my experiences, but to just close off an idea that is really beneficial in my life, yeah. that's unattractive. So yeah. even, I don't say he has to be going to therapy to be with me, but of like course. you yeah. have to be open to like the growth that it's put in my life so that maybe that would inspire you to do some self-development on your side. Come on. Everybody wants somebody who's doing the work on themselves. Like, come on, we need, we're striving for health in this crazy world. That's right, that's right. And you know, if you see the potential in somebody and you see that, man, they're responding a little over the top in this way, or you can tell, you know, that they need a little work on their self-esteem or their worth. Mm-hmm. Nothing is wrong with saying, hey, I think you should go process this with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you again for sharing that. You are a dynamic talent. Who are the people that inspire you? I would say I'm really inspired by my mom. I I don't know if that's stereotypical or not. No. But, mm. <laughs> um, but my mom has been, if it wasn't for my mom, I would not still be here. I would have never started these things because um, when I didn't know what to do, my mom would just figure it out. Like we're just regular people. And yeah. <laughs> these opportunities are things that 
My mom found out about the casting call. She got me ready and drove me there. I mean, I went on the stage, but how was I supposed to how was I supposed to accomplish these dreams at such a young age if somebody didn't pour into them because they were going to see the payoff, you know, because they believed in me. So I'm really inspired by my mom and um musically, I would say I'm inspired by SZA. I really like just the niche that she created for herself. Okay. Yeah. She is the conventional R&B artist. I feel like she's the the awkward black girl who's like into like earth and all those things and she like that's not common. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um so yeah, those are just a couple of the people that inspire me. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to work with her one day? Oh, most definitely. She she's probably so annoyed hearing my name because I've done some covers of her songs and they like went really well. And uh, I know she's like this girl at this point. Let's just get in the studio. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Well, this is awesome because, you know, every week I'm telling somebody that, you know, you can literally speak or write your future. Mm -hmm. And so the next thing I want you to speak are um, the projects you want to do next. Oh, well, I want to have a number one debut album. Or should I say I'm going to have that? You will. Okay, well, that's just what's going to happen. I want to do an amazing feature film. I want to produce a TV show. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Maybe I would star in it too. I don't know. Okay. And you can. (laughs) Thank you. But just because I feel like representation is important, or maybe I would cast another dark-skinned Black girl. I want to create more opportunities for dark-skinned Black women in this industry. And I also want to do some artist development. Um, I had this mentor when I was coming up and I was not sure what was going on with my music named mm. Makiba Riddick. And hey, Makiba! Yeah. And I've always thought about how she came in and like helped me cultivate my lyrics and my words when I was just this 15-year-old girl like, what's going on? Woohoo! Yeah. And I would love to do that for somebody else that I see potential in eventually pass it on. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I'm so happy that you checked in today and just brought such uh, an amazing sparkle of light and a sparkle of energy. And I definitely want you to come back again. We will have you back again because I know some of the things that you named will probably happen within the next two years. (laughs) So that means that I plan on being here. Okay. On my podcast. Okay. In the next two years. So um, I definitely want you to come back because I know you're going to have even more to share. You've already given us wisdom. And I know that you guys that are listening, I just keep hearing and feeling the word confidence. Mm. That you can have confidence for any door that you aspire to work in. So Coco, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Michelle. I had so much fun. Guys, this podcast this week, um, I hope it's inspirational. I hope that all of my podcasts, um, it just seems like they've been so uplifting and so inspirational. It seems like there are people who have come on this podcast within the past few weeks who have overcome things that were probably meant to destroy them 
are meant to definitely discourage them. And I know lots of times you can get so discouraged in an area that you might just hang it up and say, you know what, I don't even want to try again. Why would I work in an industry that can be so cruel and hateful? But when you have a dream, prayerfully, your dream is so much bigger than the obstacles that you might face. And obstacles, I believe they're meant to definitely be overcome. So um, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Keep sharing the podcast. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing. It seems like some of y'all are telling y'all's friends. Um, y'all better check in. I've been seeing some posts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, one post that really stood out to me that said, Michelle, I have been binge listening to your podcast. And I'm excited. I know the the foundation of this podcast is mental health. And I just love when people just check in, even if we don't necessarily go into topics related to mental health, the fact that we've got folks checking in and they have a safe place to talk and share their dreams with and share their hopes with. And um, so I'm excited. I'm so excited about what this podcast is turning into. So Coco, y'all tell everybody. All the young people, you've got to listen to this episode. All right. Thank y'all for checking in. We'll see you next time. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space.
Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.